Hey moms, welcome to the Gather Moms podcast. My name is Kate. And I'm Rebecca. We've created this space just for you because we're both moms and we get you. Yes, we believe there truly ain't no hood like the motherhood and we need to be in this together. We also believe we can't mom well without Jesus. So you're going to hear us talk about him too. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Gather Moms and make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. All right, mamas, let's jump in. Hey, Heather, we are so thankful to have you with us today. It is so great to be with y'all. I love that we have reconnected on Instagram, you and I, and we met years ago when you guys were living here in the Rockwell area and your son was in my pre-K class. Yes, he was. And I was that very tired looking mom because I had four babies in just over four years. And so I was shipping my four-year-old off to preschool three months after I had my fourth child. (laughs) So I was the one that was only half aware of what was going on that entire year of preschool. That's hilarious. The son I had, is he your oldest son? He is, yes. He's 15 now, Kate. Okay, and now he's 15. Isn't that crazy? I have a 15-year-old too. I have a 15-year-old. That's my oldest. So tell us a little bit about, like, what does momming look like for you? We know you have four kids, but how old are they? What do you do? That sort of thing. Yep. So they are 15, 14, 12, and 10 and a half. And I homeschool. And we started doing that right after really halfway through first grade for Zach. So, um, so we've been doing it for quite a while and I actually write books and talk to women on the topic of body image. And I've been doing that for about eight years now. And so I kind of do the homeschool thing in the morning and then in the afternoon, I'm doing shows like this and writing and, and sometimes speaking to groups of women. Listen, I'm impressed because I feel like I would tap out on homeschool about fourth grade. Oh, so 100%. the fact that she's made it all the way to sophomore year and plans to go to senior year. I mean, high fives, yeah. high fives to that. <laughs> you know, it, it does, it gets easier, but I will say that I probably soothed myself through those early years thinking, okay, if I can just get my oldest one through, then I'll send the younger ones to school somewhere. <laughs> like we'll be done by fifth grade or sixth grade. And every yeah. year just, you know kept adding on like, okay, you can do one more year. So his grace is sufficient one day at a time, one year at a time. Right? Wow. That's amazing. And you guys, but now you aren't living in the Dallas area anymore. Where are you? No, we're in Austin now. We've been here almost four years now. Okay. That's great. Do so you- I'm originally from the Austin area. I grew up in Pflugerville. Okay. So I okay. grew up right outside of Austin. It's beautiful down there. Yeah. Yep. I know the Pflugerville for sure. I'm in Cedar Park. So. Okay. That's so great. And then you write books, you speak to women, specifically about body image, which is why we're so excited to have you on the podcast today. Yeah. So for our moms listening, Heather has her own podcast called Compared to Who, and you have a book, Compared to Who. And I also really love on the Bible app, you have a 10-day devotional called Compared to Who. Um, so, So for many of our moms, that might be a really good, easy jumping off point for them to start, right? Absolutely. So Heather, this season we're talking about mom interruptions and uh, it's actually called Mom Interrupted. And we've been talking about how our lives bring interruptions. And last week I shared that God has recently interrupted my life by asking me to stop dieting. And we were only able to cover so much in one episode. uh, And I shared a little bit of my journey, but felt like, you know, it deserved a follow up 
that kind of covers the other major piece of this, which is body image. You know, the two clearly go hand in hand. You've done so much work in this area that it seemed fitting to bring your wisdom and to bring you into this conversation. Can you tell us why you have such a heart for talking with women about body image? Well, I have a heart for it because it was my story. Y'all, I mean, this is not something I ever set out to talk to women about, right? This is the stuff that no one ever wants to talk about, right? And so, but walking through this, I mean, I think my body image problem started about third grade. I vividly remember thinking that my thighs were too big and kind of operating out of that belief for decades, Mm. By my sophomore year of college, my eating was so erratic that I lost my period for 10 months. Now, this was the 90s, and so I wasn't the stereotypical anorexic thin woman, and I wasn't bulimic because I couldn't purge, although I tried, I couldn't do it. Um, So I didn't fit an eating disorder category, and honestly, y'all, I thought I was just a normal girl, a normal woman with normal woman issues because every woman I knew was worried about her calories and was trying to exercise to burn them off and was trying to be thinner and better and more attractive and hotter and whatever words you would use. Like, I thought this was just a normal part of the female quest because I was born female. This was going to be part of my life forever. And so my story, so God didn't really intervene for me until I was in my late thirties. So I spent decades obsessing over this. And what you need to know is I was a Christian. So it's not like I didn't know the Psalm 139, 14, Mm -hmm. you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And God looks on the heart, not the outside. Like I could have told you every single scripture. I knew the God in Jesus answer, but it was not solving my heart issue. And so therefore I just thought the two were separated. You know, I had my kind of (laughs) obsessive private thought life where I was always trying to figure out how to be thinner, be more beautiful what I need to fix next. And then I had my spiritual life, like, please, you God, thank you for all you've done in my life. Lead me and direct me. And those two things didn't always combine. In fact, most of the time they were two separate tracks. Well, I think that's so so relevant too, because as a woman, I feel like we keep secrets, right? We keep these things hidden where we think, um, you know, I don't want to tell anybody because they're going to think I'm a bad mom or a bad Christian or a bad person, but we are believers. And so you'd think that we have this like direct line to the truth, but for some reason, the truth doesn't get from our head to our heart. Right. Right. And there's a lot of shame here too. Right. Because there's shame, like you mentioned, where you feel ashamed, like I'm a Christian. I shouldn't think these things like I should know that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Right. So you can shame yourself down that line or you can shame yourself down the line of it's a little embarrassing that I think about what I weigh and what I look like all the time. I I think the other thing you said that was so key was how you thought it was normal. Because I think we all think that it's normal. And we just assume that like, oh, well, everybody struggles with this. I'll just struggle with this the rest of my life. This is just something that women endure. Man, I think that's a really poignant thing to say. Because then, of course, I'm hoping that in your journey, you got to a point where you said, no, this this doesn't have to be normal. This doesn't have to be my story. Right. Absolutely. And when you hit that point, it, I mean, it, it made me sad slash glad. <laughs> I guess are maybe the two, the two words I would juxtapose there, right? Because part of me looks back on those decades where I was so upset 
obsessed over my body. And I think how much time did I waste? And I am sad about that, deeply saddened. In fact, the more I've been on a journey recently, so body image was one part of my struggle and then the diet food thing connected, but it's been a separate part of my struggle to some extent. But just recently, the last couple of years, looking at what my eating during that time actually did to me and recognizing that living on 1200 or 1500 calories a day is probably why I had to take a nap almost every day of my life doing the thing that all of diet culture told me would make me healthy and skinny and beautiful probably exhausted me. Wow. And how much of my life did I miss simply because I was eating 1200 or 1500 calories to match some diet program to try to be skinnier. And yet it it didn't work obviously because diets have a 95% failure rate, but, but just it's frustrating to go back and, and it's aggravating really to think, Oh, the enemy had me so trapped in these lies that this is what was most important. And, and it is possible Kate to your question. Yes. Freedom is possible. You do not have to live with obsessive thoughts about what do I do next (laughs) to fix my body? What plan should I follow? Everyone's doing this. I should do this too. Like you do not have to live that way. There is a way to be free. God, that's so good. I think about so many things came to my mind when you were just talking now because I look back at pictures, uh, you know, in our picture books and stuff from holidays and things. And, you know, I look at the picture and I'm like, I feel, I feel good when I look at it now, but Mm -hmm. I usually have to have three or four or five years down the road from the picture. When I look at the picture immediately, that's part of a trigger for me. It's part of my struggle. When I look at the picture, I think, ugh, you know, it takes a while for me to be able to like, to not have that feeling with it. But anyway, you know, I'll, I'll get a few years down the road and I'll look back at it. And I'm like, wow, look, look how pretty I am, you know? But then I'll, if I really stop and think about it, then I start thinking, oh man, what was going on in my mind in this picture? And I can remember being worried about what I was wearing, being worried about how I was going to look in that picture, being worried about what I was going to eat that day at that celebration and how I was going to not let it get away from me. You know, you know, that picture encapsulates for me so much of what was going on. And I I think I'm hearing you say what was true for me is the enemy has robbed so many special moments for me because my my focus was on the wrong thing, you know, and I wasn't just robbed and having to, to take naps and actually losing out on hours, but, but robbed in just not being able to fully savor the moment because I was so distracted by something else. Absolutely. And uh, you know, that picture thing, Kate, that, that is objectification, right? Like we're very quick to say, no, don't objectify women. And yet when we see a picture of ourselves, what do we do? We objectify ourselves, mm. right? We look at ourselves to, to define objectification. We look at ourselves as one dimensional. We only see our body. God didn't create us just as bodies, right? He created us as bodies, as spirits. We've, we've got an emotional component to us, a, a, an intellectual component to us, a spiritual component to us. We are more than just physical bodies. And so when you go back and look at pictures from a couple of years ago, it's easy to see yourself as, you know, as a person, yeah. <laughs> right? As more than just a body. But now even looking in the mirror, we can do this, right? We look and we just see the one dimensional us. And that's why we're always so much more critical of ourselves in pictures than we are about the people, right? right? Because you see other people in the picture and you 
you see more than just their body. You think about their heart and their kindness and how loving they are and how much fun it was to be with them. But you see yourself and you're like, oh, the body. Yeah. Yuck. How do I fix it? And it's just objectification. And God has not called us to that. Well, that's so good because like when I think about the struggle that I see with myself and my friends and even um, my mom and my mother-in-law is like sometimes you just don't want your picture taken yeah, because you don't have your makeup on or you didn't fix your hair or you don't like your outfit. And like the person wanting to take the picture is like, no, no, this is a moment. I want to take a picture. I want to capture this moment. But for the person having it done, they're thinking about what are people going to think when they look at it? Yeah. And I think it's so important for us as mamas that we are part of that moment with our kids or our family or our celebration. Because one day I want my kids to look back and go, mom was there. She was enjoying that moment with us. Instead of me stepping out of the picture going, no, 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 no. I- I'm really not dressed for this. Just get in the picture. Yeah. So, you know, we uh, last week we talked about diet and how, you know, I, I think I've always thought, if I could just lose weight, well, there's a whole list of, you know, if I did just this to my hair, if my teeth were this way, if I dressed this way, right? So many things about appearance, but in particular diet, you know, if I could, if I could just be this weight and it's always five pounds less than whatever you do achieve, right? right? I mean, there's never, for you, was there ever magic thighs where you ever got to a point where you were happy with your thighs? No. So let me, let me continue my story in my twenties. So I graduated from college and went to work in politics. I worked on Capitol Hill. I got a master's degree in public policy. I ran campaigns. So I had a high level public policy job for many years, but I had a side job that was going to fix my body image. I became a fitness instructor. And so let me tell you, y'all, I was teaching kickboxing classes at sometimes twice a day. I was eating barely nothing by the time I got married, you know, because all brides have to follow, fall into this, you know, <laughs> diet culture world. Right. So by the time I got married, I was eating like salmon and I hate salmon, but I put ketchup on it to like, get it down. <laughs> and so I was eating salmon with ketchup and cantaloupe and sometimes dry Turkey breast. And I was teaching two classes a day and I look at my honeymoon pictures and there was a waif of a woman there. I mean, I, there was nothing to me. I, I, my muscles were sculpted. (laughs) My thighs were small. They may have still been touching because I just was not born without thigh gap, (laughs) but, um, or with thigh gap, but, um, but yeah, I, I remember on my honeymoon thinking over and over again, really obsessing and asking my husband, I'm like, I guess my body's just not good enough for you. Like, I still don't feel oh. like, like I'm enough. Wow. And, and, you know, and that carried on for, for years into our marriage until I got into Christian counseling, but, but no, there, there is never a point where it comes to enough. It's very much like money. Right. Mm, and you know, the Bible is yes. very clear about our struggle with money, but you know, it's, it's funny. So, you know, how much money would make you happy? Well, I don't know, just a little bit more, right. You hear, you hear that old adage, right. Yes. But the Bible talks about like not having, you know, that money's okay, but we're not to love money. And there's all kinds of principles surrounding where our, our treasure is, our heart will be also that kind of thing. I think the same thing applies to beauty or body size, however you want to, you know, cash it out, whatever words you prefer to use. But it's you really, when you are chasing a better body, 
it is never enough. And I mean, you, all you have to do is do a Google search of the human Ken doll, the human Barbie doll. I mean, it's really some scary stuff out there, but, but there are so many women and increasingly men now that are, are just doing the thing after the thing, after the thing, after the thing to get the perfect body. And, you know, it's really easy to armchair quarterback this, right? Like you can sit back and you can watch these people on YouTube and be like, well, you just look weird now. Duh. Like, why'd you do that? But if, if I had that money, who's to say I wouldn't do the same thing, right? Yeah. Because in, instead we just are like, okay, well, I just need a new diet or I just need new clothes. Like we could, you can do it the expensive way or you can, you can do it the cheaper chicken way, right? But it's the same heart. It's the same pursuit. It's this pursuit of beauty. It's this pursuit of a better body. When it becomes our treasure, that's where our heart goes. And that's where our heart is led astray into a trap where it will never, ever, ever be enough. I've met so many women who've gotten the surgery, who have lost the weight, you know, who have fixed the part that they thought needed fixed and they are still stuck. It's still not enough. There's always one more thing on your journey to a better body. Well, and you're so true when you say it's a heart issue. I mean, when you read scripture, it is all throughout scripture that God is after our hearts. And right now we're doing Lent with our mamas. Um, and I keep seeing this theme over and over in scripture. God is so not concerned with my outwardness, my actions, my looks, my what I'm doing. He's so much more concerned with my heart because he knows that that is where everything pours out of. That's the overflow, right? So if my heart is never going to be satisfied with what God has given me or how God has made me, it's going to overflow into every other part of my life. And it's not going to just be about my body. It's going to be about my money, my home, my kids' success, my husband's attention. Just what you said, if my heart is not right, nothing in my life is going to be right. Absolutely. Well, and I think we've touched on this a little bit, you know, but Heather, I'd love to kind of get to the heart of the matter here. You know, what, what are these factors that are contributing to so many women? And it's not just an American issue. This is a global women issue. This is an issue that we see in the Bible with women. I mean, this is a struggle from the beginning. What, what is happening? What are the contributing factors that are keeping us in so much bondage about our bodies not being good enough? Yeah, well, you know, so the easy answer is Instagram, right? The easy answer is Netflix. But like you just said, Kate, this problem is not new. This problem pre-existed Instagram and Netflix and billboards and television, I mean, and magazines, like we have to look back historically and we have to come to the recognition that we can't just blame all these other factors. So my book compared to who was originally called Stop Blaming Barbie. Ooh. Um, and I, I tried to sell it like that and almost, almost did, but um, the publisher was worried Mattel would, would sue us. <laughs> so, so we had to go a different direction, yeah. but it was called it was called Stop Blaming Barbie because at the time when I wrote it, there was a whole group of people rising up against Barbie and saying that Barbie is what caused body image issues. Okay. And so they've created new Barbies now. And I think that's all fine and good. I don't have a problem with Barbies in different shapes and colors. I think that's awesome. Yeah. But but if we blame Barbie, we're missing the point because like I said, this is a heart issue. And really what God revealed to me was I had an idol problem. Mm. And that was the word, y'all, like I said, I was raised in church. 
I didn't have an idol problem because we didn't have any statues in our house and I didn't bow down to any, <laughs> any garden gnomes right. or Buddhas or anything like that. Right? right. So I was pretty sure I didn't have an idol problem, but, uh, through the teaching of a pastor out of New York city named Tim Keller, my husband was listening to him one day and it was blaring through our house because this was before we had AirPods and he wanted to do things while he listened. And I remember standing in my kitchen, hearing Tim Keller talk about modern day idolatry. And I felt the Holy spirit whisper to me, that's you, Heather, your body image is an idol. Wow. And it knocked me over because of all the things that I knew were a problem in my life, like my weight and my size and you know all those things right idolatry was not on that list yeah. but once god revealed that to me y'all it changed me forever like nothing else could because here's the truth if there is a sin issue because idolatry is a sin right if there is a sin issue at the core of what we're struggling with there's a solution for sin yeah. Right. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. First John 1, 9. If this is a sin problem, there's an answer. As long as it was a normal girl problem, because I'm a woman, I'm going to struggle. There was no answer. There was no cure other than you better get on the next weight loss train and you better get it done with your body so you'll feel better, which is a complete hoax, by the way, because models struggle with body image issues, okay? Yes. So you can look like a magazine cover and still not be free from body image issues. Yes. So there is no physical way to cure body image issues. This is a heart issue. Mm. And when God showed me that I had an idolatry problem, that changed everything. I was able to lay down that idol. And, and let me tell you, friends, it's not like a flip of the switch. Like the next day, I didn't care about what I weighed and it was fabulous. And yeah. my life has been great ever since. I mean, it is a daily journey, a take up your cross daily, a daily surrender of, okay, God, I know what I think I need. <laughs> to that. I, I think I know what I need to, you know, make me happy or make, make my life more joyful, but I'm going to surrender today to what you have called me to do, what you are asking me to do. And, and that's not anti-health, right? That is the ultimate health, right? Because our spiritual health, as First Timothy says, our spiritual health is of the utmost importance to us. And so if we are chasing health, like I just need to lose weight because it would be healthier, because that's what everyone in culture tells us. If you're chasing that at the exclusion of your spiritual health or secondary to your spiritual health, you're not truly getting healthier. You are getting more stuck and getting further and further away from, from the freedom that I think Christ allows us to live in. I think that that whole idea of sin versus normal yeah. is going to be revolutionary yeah. for the mamas listening. I have never thought about it that way. That so much of our life, if we just chalk it up to this is normal, this is just what it's supposed to be like, that there is no cure for that. But when we take it back to that component of sin, that's what Jesus died for. Yeah. There is a cure for that. We can lay down our sin and Jesus says, I'm going to pick it up because I died for it. I think that's revolutionary. That's amazing. Well, and when I think about, you know, taking down idols, I'm coming, it's coming to my mind, you know, all of the um, leaders in the Old Testament who would put up the high places and then remove them or only remove part. And so then the next generation was again, then worshiping, right? right. And um, I, I wish I could think of his name right now, who finally removed all of the high places you know, and burn them. I think there's a journey there as we work through 
you know, I wish it was as easy. My goodness, I wish it was as easy as just saying, oh, well, there's a Buddha in my house. You know, there's this <laughs> statue in my house. I'm just going to go, I'm just going to grab this thing out of here and just go, just go throw it down and destroy it. Right. Cause, oh my goodness, we would all, right. If I knew that that was the answer to getting me free from this thing, I would do that in a heartbeat. Um, but I think that oversimplifies it because then what we really realize is that idolatry, there's, there's all this attached to it. And I, I have to think about this thing that I've created as an idol. Why is that in place? What am I believing about myself and about God that isn't true? You know, am I believing? I think there's a fear for me that, you know, you have to admit to him that, okay, if I give up dieting and focusing on my body, well, what if I just become, I don't know, some very unhealthy person that's overweight? You know what I mean? Those mm-hmm. are the things that I start to get worried about. If I release my clenches from this, what is going to happen? Right. Okay. So let me, can I, can I jump in, Kate? Please do. Okay. So there's, there's three things that are always attached with image. Okay. The image idol has, has, it's a three pronged stool. Okay. And so picture the little idol sitting on top of the stool and there's one leg of the stool that is appearance, what you look like, right? That's what we're talking about here. That's the surface conversation. Okay. But there's two other legs of the stool that hold this guy up and the others are control which goes to your, what if I'm not healthy? What if my whole life goes astray because I'm no longer eating keto, right? Yeah. Okay, so that's that's one, control. And then the third one is approval. Mm. Oh gosh, yes. Because yes. why ultimately do I need to control my appearance, right? Using all three, I need to control my appearance so you will approve of me. Or some people are listening, they're like, well, I don't care what other people think then let me rephrase it for you. You need to control your appearance so you will approve of you. Mm. And guess what? The freeing news is what I think of me is not as important as what God thinks of me. And what you think of me is not as important as what God thinks of me. And we make ourselves into little gods when we say, you know what, God, I see what you say in your word about me and my appearance. But I know what I really need (laughs) is to look like this. So thanks for that. But I'm going to go ahead and just follow (laughs) my own recommendations here and make myself truly happy and fabulous weighing this amount, right? And it it becomes frustration, right? Because we're never, God's never going to allow us to be satisfied and content on that path Mm -hmm. when we are so belligerently like, no, God, this is what I need to be happy. I mean, that's the definition of idolatry. It's something you cannot live without. Or you say in your heart, this is Tim Keller's definition, something you say in your heart without that, my life will never be satisfied. My life will never be enough without that thing. And Jesus has designed our hearts with this longing, with this craving for better, for a makeover, right? But it's not the kind of makeover that we're seeing on the Today Show. It's a different kind of makeover. It's a makeover where we are truly free to serve him alone and worship him more than we're worried about whether or not, and this is a yicky thing to say, so I'm just going to put your seatbelt on, whether or not people will kind of worship us because we're a little hot. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. And so that's, true. that's the bottom line of it, right? Isn't it? Yeah. You know, taking the glory from my creator, you know, and, and putting it on me. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so I think we probably have a lot of people that are listening to this right now and going, okay, yeah, I, yeah, I, I want to be free from this. You know, I, I don't want to 
worship this idol. I don't want to be obsessed about my diet, my food, and my appearance, you know. But Heather, I mean, what if you could tell them today, this is what you need to do now. If you are ready, if you're ready, if your spirit is saying, yes, freedom, what do they do next? Yeah, I think the next thing you do is you take five minutes, 10 minutes, if your kids still nap, (laughs) nap time, right? You take that time and you just pray this one sentence prayer. God, have I made my body from beauty, my body image, have I made it an idol? Mm -hmm. And see what he says, because I know he's going to be faithful to answer that prayer. And if he says yes, it may not be loud and you may not want to hear it. Okay, I just straight up (laughs) feel like, I don't know if I heard you right, God. You said no, right? Um, But if he says yes, then the next thing you do is, is just what the Bible prescribes, right? You confess it and you say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I did this. Forgive me. I trust that your work on the cross has covered my sins. I know I'm forgiven now that I've confessed it and repented. And then you start walking a new path and and you're going to need help on that new path because everyone else in your life, there's a good chance everyone else in your life is still going to be on another path where they're telling you about how they lost a couple pounds by not eating this food last week or how they found a new workout or everyone else in your life is following a different, <laughs> a different religion in, in some ways. And so you may feel very alone and I get that. And I, I, I do coaching. I work with women all the time to, to start on this path, but, um, but there's lots of helpful resources. My website compared to who.me has some great resources. My, um, my first book compared to who talks about five steps to do after you have confessed and repented of of that body image idol. But yeah, okay. it's a day by day journey. Yeah. It, it really is. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. And, um, you know, I love that you have resources for this. I think, uh, I was just talking to my counselor the other day about, about laying down. There's another idol for me associated with this that, that also needs to be let go of, um, for me to find freedom. And I told her, I said, I, I don't know that I'm willing yet to lay it down. Mm-hmm. And she said, it's okay to pray and say, God, I am not yet willing, but I am willing to be made willing. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, right. would you, would you just help me be made willing. Cause I, right. I at least want that, you know? Right. Absolutely. And yeah, and it's, it's not a one and done. Yeah. Right. I mean, there are so many days where I'll be on Instagram and this is after doing this work for 10 years, y'all, yeah. but I'll be on Instagram and I'll see a weight loss ad or I'll see someone's before and after picture and be like, Ooh, maybe I should try it. Yeah. Maybe this would make sure. me better. Maybe this would make me happier. Right. And, and so it's, it's a work after a decade to look at that and say, okay, no, I know the truth. I know this one's not going to fix it. Okay. God, please forgive me for wanting to go back to that idol (laughs) because, you know, it's, it's really, it's so the problem with idols, right. Is they're affairs, if you will. Right. They, they are, they are us cheating on God. God's Mm -hmm. like, Hey, I want you. I want you alone. You're my bride, right. It's you and me. And we're like, yeah, but that one's kind of hot over there. I'm just going to spend some time with it, right? Like, like that is the problem with idolatry. It's, it's cheating on, on the God who loves us and saves us, yeah. right? And so just like any other temptation, that temptation to drift away to these other lovers, if you will, pardon yeah. my 
hokey analogy. Yeah. Um, but that temptation is going to exist and they're going to call out to you like the sirens, <laughs> like, hey, over here, this is where joy and happiness are. Right. Oh, look, look at how peaceful these people look. And, you know, and really the, the one thing I want to mention, I think the biggest attraction to diets for women is something that you probably haven't thought of. You ready for this? Ready. I think most of us are drawn to diets because they promise rest, right? Because here's how you go into a diet. You don't go into a diet thinking, I can't wait to be on this diet for the rest of my life and think about my food and obsess over what I'm eating for the rest. No, you think, oh, if I just do this for three months, ah, then I can just relax and just be me again wow. and just rest. I've never and thought about that before. That That is their promise. Yeah. Their promise is I will give you rest. You just have to make it to the finish line. But we know the data, 95% of diets do not work, especially after five years, there's <laughs> nothing there, right? And so all these little liars <laughs> are in your Instagram feed yeah. telling you about how you can find rest. And I have to picture Jesus standing there like, oh, honey, I told you I'd give you rest. Yeah. <laughs> just come over here. I'm a whole lot cheaper. Yes. <laughs> Yes. A whole lot less stressful. Wow. I mean, that's, that's a good scriptural. Word. Yeah. <laughs> Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, because the idols are time-consuming, expensive. You know, it's a... It's a, it's a consuming in so many ways, you know? it, And they always take. They never give. Right. 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 No, no one's ever had more life after being on a diet, no matter what your before and after picture shows, you had to pay something for that after picture. Yeah. Financially, time-wise, sacrificing family time. And, and, you know, as moms, y'all, our kids are watching. I just got a message the other day from a friend who has a son, 13-year-old son in the hospital with anorexia. Oh, so it's not just our girls watching what we do with our food anymore. It's yeah. our boys watching yeah. how we relate to our bodies, what we do with our food. And the number one predictor that your daughter will have an eating disorder or food issues is if you are a dieter. Number oh. one predictor. Oh my gosh, that's heartbreaking. 80% of 10-year-olds are dieting already. Wow. I was at 10. I was. was decades ago. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I was. Yeah. So, so we have to fix it in our hearts. Our kids have no chance. Yeah. We, mom has to, mom has to get this straight first. And otherwise all the things we say to our daughters and our sons too, but our daughters, especially like, Oh, don't worry about what you look like. You're beautiful to me. And God says you're beautiful. And Oh, I just think you're so beautiful. That means diddly squat. If we don't believe it for ourselves. Yeah. That's good. That's a good word. I think one of the things you said too, that's a great way to kind of end is just, you said, you know, no matter what that diet promises, you are going to have to pay something for it. Mm -hmm. And I think during this season, as we're coming up on Easter, one of the best reminders we can have is that Jesus paid it already. Yeah. yeah. And that the payment that he gave far surpasses anything we can give Yeah. because he gave his life. And so Absolutely. if we will, um, during this time, just really just what you said every day, get before God and say, have I made this an idol? Yeah. And then confess it. And then I see, I think, thank him for his payment on the cross Yeah. and remind ourselves just what he gave for us. Because that to me is, that's life. Yes. That's priceless. Yes. And, and that also answers the question, which is really the heart question of why we seek to make ourselves look better is we wonder if we're worthy, mm. if we're valuable, 
And I took marketing 101 in college and you learn in marketing 101, how do you know what something is worth? It's what someone is willing to pay for it, That's right. right? And so the Easter message completely answers the question mm-hmm. of our worth and our value in a way that no weight loss ever could. Oh, and that brings me so much rest and peace yes, and, yes. you know, the striving stops. The rest I long for is right there, just like you said, Heather. Okay, so you mentioned a minute ago, you know, some of your resources, but we want our moms to be able to hear that again. Tell yes. them how they can connect with you and how they can get some of your just amazing resources. Yep. So I'm at compared to who dot me dot me and my books are compared to who and the burden is better and you can find out more about them on compared to me and my podcast is compared to who and like you said at the beginning uh, kate my i have a version plan it's called compared to who uh, there's also a christmas plan there too um but yes i love connecting with women i'm compared to who on all the socials as well okay awesome and moms we will link all of that in our show notes heather thank you so much for this conversation with us today i believe um we heard chains fall off, you know, in cars around the world as women are out taking walks that that some bondage broke free. And so thank you so much for being willing to speak freedom and life into our mamas. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Do you know a mom who needs support and encouragement? Send her the link to the Gather Moms podcast today and connect her to this community. You can also help other moms find this podcast by leaving a rating and review. 